Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of No Place Like Mahomes. I am Sean Deegan, and we have some rather exciting and pertinent news for the Kansas City Chiefs. Nothing definitive as of yet as we're recording this. Hopefully this show is still relevant by the time that it drops. So let's not delay at all. Let's go ahead and introduce the guys. He's excited to see the full highlight reel of Jimmy Garoppolo's Raiders tenure. Jacob Allen is with us. What's going on, man? Well, uh, based on the most recent news, I've already seen all of it. He's excited to see Tom Brady be the first player coach owner in the NFL. Sam Black is here. How you doing, man? If it would happen at any team, it would happen with the Raiders. And I am Sean Deegan, and I am very happy that my job security is tied to me passing a physical. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the only person in danger of being released, as the Chiefs fans rejoice around the NFL. And the final news that we finally got from the Arizona Cardinals, that as of today, we're recording this on Tuesday, May 30th, DeAndre Hopkins is officially released from the Arizona Cardinals. He is now free to sign with any team that he sees fit. He's already actually picked up with an agency that I'm blanking on the name of. I think it's KKR or something like that. I'll Clutch Sports. Say again? Clutch Sports. Thank pretty you. sure it's Clutch. I think you're right. KKR, I'm pretty sure, is a radio station. But he is officially able to sign with any team. There is no longer a need to speculate on what kind of draft compensation would be needed and what you'd be willing to give to acquire DeAndre Hopkins. Now, all you have to worry about is can you fit him under your salary cap? So, guys, I, I kind of want to revisit. This is a uh, something we talked about a couple weeks back, but at the time it was factoring in the idea that you were going to have to give up draft capital. I want to know now, knowing that you don't have to give up any picks in order to get him, and you only have to worry about trying to get a contract done with DeAndre Hopkins, What's your level of interest in him now for the Chiefs? Has it gone up? Has it stayed the same? You know, where are we at with with DeAndre Hopkins? Sam, we'll start with you. Well, yeah, considering I was basically at almost zero interest not too long ago, like not exactly zero, but but pretty dang close. It it has gone up significantly. The the idea again, we'll dive deeper into it, but there's, there's a lot of hurdles around trying to skid him still and, and understanding that. But the, the fact that now you can just get him, that's, that's a completely different story. And, and the one thing I'm happy about more than anything is I no longer have to see on Twitter, every chiefs fan telling us to trade for Deandre Hopkins when that was never going to happen. Now I can be like, okay, now this might actually happen, so you can say it, and it doesn't sound as stupid. Jacob, what about you? Has your level of interest in DeAndre Hopkins changed knowing now that you don't have to give up any draft capital to bring him to Kansas City? I'd be lying if I said that I didn't get a little bit more interested after he got cut. Uh, I am a little more on board now, and I know we're headed to how much money would you spend because that is obviously a major factor in the whole thing. I'll be honest, my interest spiked in a big way. I think the biggest hurdle for me was just when the Cardinals said that they wanted, you know, a second-round pick plus to go get Hopkins, and then you're dragging his contract, which the Cardinals are eating $28 million for him to not play with him. I think is the number I saw. I'll look it up just to be sure. But just an ungodly amount of money to not play for you. And 
doing it before the uh, before June one, so you cannot prorate it. So knowing that you don't have to deal with contracts uh, that he already had, which was going to be difficult to navigate anyway, knowing that you don't have to give up any draft capital, much less the second round pick that the Cardinals were asking for. I'm very interested. Hopkins to me is is not something that comes along very often in there in in terms of just being available for you. He's, he's I get he's 30, he'll be 31 before the season starts, I'm pretty sure. I I get, you know, the suspension from last year, he missed time. I I still am just very on board with the idea of bringing DeAndre Hopkins to Kansas City. I think he's just a phenomenal fit. I think he's kind of fits the mold of that juju type, but it's just, you know, a, a much higher ceiling available to you with getting Hopkins versus Juju. So I'm very on board. I'm pumped now. I, I am I am hopeful that it can work. Obviously there's some hurdles to clear. The first of which is getting him a new contract. Because all those things I just said about, you know, this is the kind of guy that doesn't come along very often just to be available to you. Everybody else knows that too. And now you're going to have to worry about getting a contract done with Hopkins. And I don't know that you're going to be able to do a juju type contract to get him. So what are you guys comfortable with? You know, however you want to frame it, you know, years, guaranteed money and average per year. What is, what is it that you are comfortable paying to DeAndre Hopkins? Um, Jacob, we'll let you take lead on this one. Well, here's some context for you. Sammy Watkins got 16 per year. Sammy Watkins was younger, but Sammy still had some stuff to prove. Um, Odell Beckham got one year, 18 million. If it's anywhere in that ballpark, I just don't know that it's feasible for the chiefs to do, you know, unless you spread them over two years and get the Chris Jones deal done. I mean, I think it's pertinent for Chris Jones deal to be done done either way. You're not getting Deandre Hopkins for a $2 million cap hit this year. Unless, like I said, you're like two year deal for let's say, 32 million this year he gets 2 million next year he gets 30 million like it'd be something that wacky not that that's not in the chief's realm of thing they've done in the past but i guess i'd be comfortable if it was right around i'm gonna say my range is 12 is an incredible deal 15 is where i'm like that's still a good deal and once you get above that, you're like, uh, unless it's just a one-year deal, you know. I think if it's what puts you over the hump this year to win Super Bowl, it's perfect. Sam, what about you? What are you comfortable paying up to get DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, so just quickly, because, again, I came always, like always, come to the broadcast just completely unprepared. Um, so considering we're – got to look at it. We're paying – MVS, $10 million a year, essentially, is is what his contract is. And you're telling me that if you compare those two tit for tat, like, MVS is not even close to D-Hop, even, at, even though he's a little bit older than him. I, I would probably – was kind of trying to gauge as far as where he would fall within the, within the range of contracts. And, again, this is all predicated on, on getting a Chris Jones deal done – 14, maybe up to 15. It, it just kind of depends on the, the signing bonus, like how they structure it, I guess, is the big thing. I think he probably will fall 
like I was trying to find within like where he would fall within current range. I think if you got him into that Brandon Cooks range of like he Brandon Cook is currently the 22nd as far as his contract and everything's a little different, but 22nd based off spot track, like, and then it kind of goes up from obviously goes up from there. But if you can get him for the Brandon Cooks type money, which Brandon Cooks is, is more expensive than I necessarily would like. I think I would like to have a little bit more money up front and be able to cut him later on or restructure later on. So, but, but I think he is, he is such a talented player. You're not going to get him for, unfortunately for a, Juju or, or MVS type deal, unless he's just like, you know what? I want to go play with Mahomes and win championships. Like if he, if, which again, in my head, if I was as good as him, that's probably what I'd do. Cause I don't think he's going to hurt for money the rest of his life. And it's not like we're going to pay him chump change at 10 million a year. I'd be like, you know what? That sounds like a pretty damn good deal to me, but you know, that's not, not realistic in any way, but yeah, I, I think, 14 to potentially 15 a year. And, and he ranks him within that kind of where that upper 20 within the NFL range would be what I'd be comfortable with. Um, even if it may, it's hard to know if it's undervaluing him or not, because we haven't seen him in a year basically. Um, and he is getting up there in age, but he's still considered one of the best receivers in the NFL. I actually have thought about this probably too much. I would be willing to do three for 45 with like 20, 22 million guaranteed. And the third year is structured essentially the way Marquez Valdez Scanling's contract is structured to where the third year you can basically cut him in your saving almost all of it of that third year. So for instance, you mentioned MVS's contract. He's three for 30 is, is what it looks like up front. What it actually is, is more like, a two for um, 18 because he gets uh, 5 million in the first year, 11 million total the second. That's your cap number for him for years one and two. The third year it's 14, but if you cut him, you save $12 million. You're only carrying 2 million in dead cap. So if you can do something like that for Hopkins where it's three for 45, but really it's two for 10 or two for 12 or something like that, I would be very much on board with that. If you have to stretch a little bit, then I'm hoping that they've got a plan to move on from like MVS and hopefully you're, you're banking on Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore and Canarius Tony all taking steps forward to fill that gap. But I'm really hoping for like a three for 45 with that, the guarantees in the first two years so that you can get out after that third year. Of course, we couldn't just talk about contracts. We have to talk about what his performance should look like. What are reasonable expectations? As we mentioned, he is going to be 31 at the beginning of the season. I'm going to double-check that real quick because I looked at it earlier. Age 30? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's going to be 31 on June 6th. So here in a week. Happy birthday, DeAndre. So he'll be 31 before the season starts. He, he has had, uh, you know, 2021 banged up, didn't play a full season. 2022 plays nine games and is suspended for six of the 17 um, because of the, the illegal substance rules with the NFL. Still performs very well in those nine games. So it's with 717 yards, still grabs three touchdowns. All the while, remember that he's 
only getting a couple of games, a few of those games with Kyler Murray before Murray ended up getting going out with an ACL injury. So all of those things taken into account, what's reasonable to expect from DeAndre Hopkins um, for his performance on the field if the Chiefs do sign him? Sam, we'll start with you. Yeah, it's a difficult one because, like, like I said, we – I don't think any of us are saying he's not still a great receiver. I just think, for me, it's – I don't know how great a receiver he is still because we just haven't seen a whole lot of him here recently, and, and we haven't seen the greatest quarterback play for him, essentially. But, I mean, if he comes into our offense, and I think, again, biggest thing is learning the offense, you would – God, you would expect at bare minimum Juju's year. Bare minimum. Like, I would expect more because I do think he is a higher quality player and possesses a different set of skills. He's obviously not the same kind of player as as Juju is, but I I think saying, like, again, 1,200 yards and six to – I would say generous 10 touchdowns would be be pretty easy to think that within our offense with Patrick Mahomes, a guy we do consider one of the best wide receivers in the league can should be a, a pretty easy floor to hit. Jacob, what about you? What do you think are reasonable expectations for DeAndre Hopkins' on-field performance? I'm with Sam. Like, if he does what Juju does, you feel like it was an overpay. Unless you win the Super Bowl, then, of course, winning solves everything. Um, but if he did what Juju did and you gave him the, you know, we'll say 15 to $18 million a year, somewhere in there is probably pretty realistic, you probably would be disappointed. And so I'm, I'm right there with Sam. I think the bigger thing is Juju had three touchdowns. Juju had three touchdowns. He's got to get more than that. Hopkins is pretty his career. He is better at that. So that's what I would want is, you know, push him closer to closer to eight touchdowns and right around 1,000 yards, and I'd probably be happy with it. So I think we're all going to be in the same boat. Um, I was listening to the program uh, last week, and they were talking about receiver, receivers coming into their age 31 season, and then specifically – Hall of Fame receivers coming into their age 31 season. Whether or not you think DeAndre Hopkins will make the Hall of Fame, he's certainly a Hall of Fame caliber player throughout his career. You know how he makes the Hall of Fame, Sean? Comes to the Chiefs Coming and plays to play Patrick with Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes and winning two Super Bowls. It's a really good way to do it. So I actually they they gave a list on their show and I didn't I did not go back to grab it. So I actually looked up uh, this is on StatMuse, most receiving yards by uh, receivers by a 31-year-old receiver. This is including a wide receiver, tight end, etc. Um, they're and they're all great. <laughs> like, obviously, the top one is Jerry Rice, and I'm not expecting that because it's it's 1,700 yards. <laughs> it's just stupid. Um, Andre Johnson had uh, just under 1,600 yards. Brandon Marshall, 1,500. Travis Kelsey, 1,500. Tim Brown, 1,400. Wes Welker, 1,350. Munson Muhammad, 1,400. Rod Smith, 1,300. Marvin Harrison, 1,272. Donald Driver, 1,295. You know, the list goes on and on. And even if you get down into, like, the lower range of 1,000-yard receivers, it's Randy Moss with 1,000 
yard, 1,008 yards receiving and 11 touchdowns. Chad Johnson with uh, 1,047 yards and nine touchdowns. Those two I had to go for to pro football reference to grab. But I think if you think DeAndre Hopkins is still a Hall of Fame quality receiver, 1,100 yards and seven to eight touchdowns is not unreasonable. Touchdowns are obviously a, a finicky stat. It's, it's, it's not one that's real sticky typically. But he's typically been a guy that when the offense has been good, he's caught a lot, a decent number of touchdowns. So I don't think it's unreasonable to expect, you know, 1,100 yards if he plays all 17 games and, and gets into the end zone, you know, at least seven times, eight times, somewhere in that range. Last thing here on the Chiefs, and we want to look at Hopkins from a, a broader perspective and how it affects the NFL, but what wide receiver, which wide receiver do you think benefits from having Hopkins in the room the most? And I say wide receiver specifically because obviously it's like, well, who benefits the most? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, okay. Or Travis Kelsey. It's like, okay, which wide receiver? Because I think that opens it up to not just who draws target, draws coverages, but who who will benefit from having his leadership in the locker room, who can you know learn from him the most. And then obviously, you know, who who can take advantage of those single coverage opportunities. So who is it? Which receiver, which wide receiver in the Chiefs locker room do you think benefits the most if DeAndre Hopkins becomes a Chief? Jacob, we'll start with you. I'm gonna be lame and go with the easiest answer, which would be Marquez Valdez Scantley. Not that he's gonna have some breakout season because of it, but him not having to be a one and get the focus of all the coverage would be good for him. He might break 800 yards because I know he's always been close to that. I'm sorry if I'm uh, forsaking his name right now without having his stats right in front of me, but I know he's always right around 800 or so. So I think it's best for him in reality. I know there's a lot of leadership and learn from arguments to be made here, though. I uh, went ahead and got his stats just real quick. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has uh, typically been between 400 and just under 700 yards. Career high was 690 with Green Bay in 2020. Got to 687 with the Chiefs last year. Uh, Sam, what about you? Who do you think would benefit the most in that wide receiver room from having Hopkins uh, on the Chiefs? Yeah, I've got I've got two answers for different reasons for this one. As far as immediate production uh, and how it affects him on the field, I'm going to actually going to, I thought about MVS, but I think the person that would probably benefit the most is going to be Kadarius Toney if he can stay healthy. And the reason for that is, is we saw what kind of player Kadarius can be the, this, this last season where he is a very explosive player um, and, and the ability to, Again, you now if you have D Hop, you now have they have to concentrate on Kelsey and D Hop. And then Tony's kind of the third guy that it's like, oh, get him the ball somehow and let him let him do work. So I think on the field, if if he can stay healthy, and that's that's the big if again with that will be Kadari Sony until he can stay prove that he can stay healthy. I think that's he is a will be a big help. Uh, for his production, I think leadership and learning, it, it's going to be Rasheed Rice. I think that would be an excellent player for him to learn behind, 
to kind of get an idea how to play the game and and develop a different he will never be DeAndre Hopkins, let's be honest. But if he can steal or, or learn a couple little tricks of the trade from D Hop, like that would go miles for his development in his first couple years if he can learn from a guy like that. Yeah, Rasheed Rice is my is my pick as well. I think being all the thing for all the reasons you said, Sam, just having the guy that you've said you model your game after in the room. I, I don't think I can speak to that anymore, but also just with how difficult it has been for rookie receivers to grab Andy Reid's offense, I think it just takes all the pressure off of Rice to perform in year one. Whereas I think there was like maybe some maybe more expectations about Sky Moore after the Chiefs, you know, traded back and didn't, you know, go with George Pickens in, in the second round and instead took Sky Moore. I think there are people going, oh, maybe they see something in him that fits their off, and it just didn't come to fruition in year one. So I think having Hopkins in the room takes a lot of pressure off of Rasheed Rice, who the Chiefs this time trade up for in the second round. I think that would just be huge for him to just be able to kind of take it all in, get used to the speed of the game, be able to you know, learn the playbook and, and and learn how to run his routes within the, the scheme of the play correctly, not cut anything off, not round anything off, and really give him time to develop. So I, for me, it's Rasheed Rice for sure. So before I move on, let's throw it back the other way for you guys. Who's it hurt? Because obviously it – it's going to alter the the appearance of the offense. So what receiver takes the biggest hit out of this? I have an instant answer on that one because it was how I thought about the question was, I think it really hurts Sky more because of that's what they would be asking him to do is a lot of the DeAndre Hopkins type stuff in zones and underneath. And that's where Hopkins is going to eat. So that was like how I thought about the question from the get-go. I, I thought of this a, bit, a little bit differently because I did think about this. I, I think you can say goodbye to the Justin Ross stream. I think at that point you're probably carrying, you know, they brought Justin Watson back too. So you're talking about, what, five wide receivers just already between, yeah, no, what, what is that, Hopkins, Moore, Scantling, Rasheed Rice. Um, Tony. Say again? Tony. Tony. And then Watson, that's six already. So I think Chiefs fans have been hyped about Ross since before the draft started. I, I think it would be really hard for him to make the roster if, if DeAndre Hopkins is a Chief. And don't, uh, don't forget about John Ross, too. I think everyone forgets oh, yeah. that we signed him, too. <laughs> no, the but no, I, mine Ross, was, yeah. yeah, the Ross. Uh, mine was actually the one that Jacob said would – help his production, which is MVS. And the reason for that is you sign, and again, I'm thinking on this as if Kadarius Tony is healthy. Let's be straight about this. <laughs> you go from MVS being the second target, second receiver, basically, to how much does he see the field? So, yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think MVS becomes a all right, you're on the field for second and long or third and long plays, and that's about it. Like, you're not that useful anymore. 
Well, let's get something straight real quick. The Justin Ross dream died when the Chiefs drafted Rashi Rice and decided that they weren't going to go with practice squad roster fringe guys to try to fill out their wide receiver room. So that dream, I think, had already sailed. But uh, dream won't die, Jacob. You know what? A question back back to you guys because I know we had kind of a short list. Which Ross do you think is more likely to make the team? Because I would argue it's John Ross with that kind of speed and what Andy Reid likes to do. I would too. I'm a, I have 100% agreement with that. I think they have so many guys that do now kind of that size that Justin Ross has where it's that X receiver. If, if they do bring in DeAndre Hopkins, all of a sudden they've got you know him and Rice and even MVS has size, even though his game is very different. I just think that John Ross would bring an element that if, if he is able to make the roster, which is a massive if, he would bring the, an element that they they don't have on the roster right now. I I will actually go the opposite with you guys. I get the John, uh, John Ross stuff with his speed, but there's a reason we were able to sign him to a futures contract halfway through last year, and he's been in the NFL for as long as he has. Like I, I, if either of them make the roster, I think it's because of the what if potential of Justin Ross. Like the guy was such a phenom his freshman year in college, and then injuries just derailed everything. And so I think if if they're going to keep a guy like that, if they're going to be like, okay, let's waste or no, not sort of waste, but save a roster spot for one of them, like let's let's pocket this guy and just see just see what he could become. It's kind of like the Jody Fortson. I love Jody, but like they're going to have to move on eventually if Jody doesn't do something. And this could be the next like Jody Fortson, essentially. Speaking of John Ross, just what a what a great day to dunk on the Bengals. Is bringing up John Ross because with all the talk Tyler Boyd's had here today, but uh, ninth right ahead of Patrick Mahomes. I just. The gift that keeps on giving, man. That keeps on giving. Thanks, Bengals. So let's let's think a worst case scenario or a, a different case scenario. I guess maybe a better way to say that. And let's say that Hopkins doesn't sign with the Chiefs and he goes somewhere else. There have been a few rumors, you know, floating around on who he could go to, both in the NFC and the AFC. Which team would benefit the most from adding Hopkins? And you can take that however you want, whether it you know elevates their playoffs, whether it develops a quarterback, whether you know whatever it might be. What team benefits the most if they sign DeAndre Hopkins? Sam, we'll start with you. So this is, I think, an interesting question, and and I think it's one that everyone will immediately jump to what he had said. Um, earlier in the offseason where the quarterbacks he wants to play with. And I think immediately most people would, would say, oh, he goes, to the, he benefits the Bills a lot. But my question is, is does he really? Because how much different is he than Stefan Diggs? I would say those two are very similar players. And they have, like, again, would would he benefit any team he goes to? Yes, because he's one of the better receivers in the NFL. Like, like, there's no question he's going to make everybody better regardless. But I, I think he is, um, like, he'd be a player where he wouldn't get lost. No, I'm not saying he'd get lost in the shuffle, but it's like 
him and Stefan Diggs, I think, would be competing for a lot of targets because they are such similar players in, in overall how they how they kind of produce on the field. So I there's there's a couple options and and one weird one that I think again it's it's hard to to go into this because it's like will it take them over the hill to win the Super Bowl? Probably not, because let's be honest, there's like he's not going to the Bengals. He's he's probably not going to the Jets. Like, so I, I want to differ out, man. There's two teams that I think he would help a lot in the same division, in the same division as the Bengals, and that would be either the Steelers or the Browns. And the reason I say that is Steelers-wise, you get Kenny Pickett, another a, a good receiver, a, a great receiver to help his development, because I think. I think they're a good team still. I think they're they're a long way away from being able to beat the Bengals, obviously, but D-Hop goes a long way to help that. And then with the Browns, he played with Deshaun Watson for quite a while, and they had a rapport, and they were real good together. And Deshaun has did not impress in his first year back, to say the least. Also, I have Deshaun on my Dynasty League, so uh, that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, no, I, so I went a little out of the box, not looking at guys, how teams that would necessarily compete for the Super Bowl, but would make them better and potentially make the Bengals worse. Jacob, what about you? What's the team that you think benefits the most? The obvious answer is the Kansas City Chiefs, because you give Patrick Mahomes one more weapon, that's trouble. But if I truly think about it, I don't know. I was kind of with Sam on the Bills, like it just for some reason it, and I think Sam probably has explained it. It's like, doesn't really scare me that much. And I don't know why, other than the reason Sam already has said. Uh, I mean, the Bengals would not be fun to try to cover all those receivers, but I don't think the Bengals can afford him with how much salary cap they're already going to have tied up in Burrow and Higgins after this offseason. So I don't think they're a realistic option. Like Sam was saying, you know, the Jets, it's like they've already signed 80 million receivers, and so it would be kind of weird for them to go get another one. I do think probably the biggest contender is the Browns with the Watson matchup. I know there's also been talks of the Patriots, but it's like most times you can semi-predict where a player's going, and they talk about, oh, I want to win championships and yada, yada, yada. And they, and you know, like currently that would be, and then out of nowhere they just signed with the team you didn't really think they would go to. That would be the Patriots for this one. It's just like does not make any sense, but uh, I do think it's Bills, Browns, Chiefs are kind of your main contenders for it. And so, again, the rest of the NFL should be scared if Patrick Mahomes gets another target. So for me, any any team with a, a rookie quarterback was going to be my pick. I was going to say something along the lines of like a Carolina Panthers. You know, Hopkins does such a great job against zone coverage and is one of those receivers that even when he's not open, he's open just with how strong his hands are all out of the air, even when he's got a defender all over him. I just, I think that's probably where he is able to help benefit receivers the most. If he ended up somewhere like Indianapolis, where there's, you know, Anthony Richardson, we think, has all the talent in the world, but can he can he be another outlier the way Josh Allen was? And I think having a his his quote unquote Stefan Diggs um, earlier than Josh did 
I think could help expedite that in a big way. Because I think the, the Colts have some decent talent at receiver. Michael Pittman, I think, is a very good receiver who just hasn't had any quarterback play. Alec Pierce is is a nice deep ball threat with size. Josh Downs, you know, we'll see, but he's got the skill set to be that that stereotypical slot receiver. But Josh Downs also has like had the highest uh, contested catch win rate of any receiver coming out this year. So uh, on jump balls, so it's again, it's a weird, it's a talented receiver room. But if you can get that guy, that stud, I think it could really help develop. Richardson quite a bit faster than maybe it took Josh Allen before he had Stephon Diggs, before he had that great receiver. Last thing here for the night, and we'll get out of here, a bit of a shorter show with the the only real news being out there that's DeAndre Hopkins. So a DeAndre Hopkins-centric show. A bit of a, a different take on this question. Not necessarily who benefits the most, but what team scares you the most if they get DeAndre Hopkins? If you're a Chiefs fan and... He doesn't pick the Chiefs, and he goes somewhere else. It's Team X that now scares you. What team is that? Sam, we'll start with you. Oh, maybe like the Jets. Like, I don't really trust the Jets' wide receiver core. I think they have good players, but no real elite player. Like, obviously, Adam Lazard, uh, good player. Good, but... There's a reason Green Bay was easily letting him go to let the rookie, the second year guys take advantage or take control, um, and giving Aaron Rodgers because again that, they're going to be kind of the wild card going into what what the AFC looks like as we don't know how good Aaron Rodgers is going to be, but you know what makes quarterbacks like you said, Sean, regardless of rookie or multi-time MVP, better giving him a really good wide receiver, so. I'll go off the cuff a little bit because, again, it it would be very easy to say Bills, but I I just don't, like I said, I don't see that fit. It it will make them good, but how much better? Where I think giving Aaron Rodgers him, that's, uh, and again, I have no idea their salary cap because, so this could be completely talking out of my ass and not knowing anything, but I think it, it would be a scary thought to have him with Aaron Rodgers. Jacob, what about you? What's the team that, if DeAndre Hopkins ends on it, ends up on it, scares you the most? Well, I already answered this question on the last one uh, since I went ahead. So I'll just say, see above. For me, it's Baltimore. I I love the talent they have with the youth. I like Rashad Bateman, who just hadn't been able to stay healthy. I love the talent of Zay Flowers. And his versatility and, and route running and all that jazz. Odell Beckham Jr. We'll see. He definitely looked like he still had something left in the tank and towards the end of his time with the Rams. We don't know if he's healthy though. So if you can give a fully healthy Lamar Jackson receiver to pair up with an elite tight end in Mark Andrews and just take all of the pressure off the unknowns, I think they become a very scary offense because you got J.K. Dobbins coming back his second year off of an injury typically is when you start to see athletes and, and specifically, you know, positional players that have to cut a lot like receiver and running back really kind of start to get their original feet back under them. They're, they've talked about how the offense is going to throw more. I think we've gotten to a point where Lamar Jackson is actually underrated as a passer. I don't think he was ever bad. I think 
that offense was just all run all the time. And after a while, I got to a point where it's like, well, Lamar, Lamar's a terrible passer. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not a bad passer. He's just not, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not putting things in on a dime. But he's still good. Lamar Jackson, I think, had one of the better deep balls there for a while when he had Hollywood Brown. And I think if you can give him that other safety blanket as a wide receiver to pair with Mark Andrews and just let the rest of them kind of slowly develop along, that team really does scare me quite a bit. Okay, real quick, Sean, we may have lost Jacob here, but I do want uh, one answer because we, if you didn't notice, we didn't mention a single NFC team. <laughs> nah. Was there any? <laughs> give me one. Give me one. Give me an NFC team that's like, and, oh, if he goes there, it's actually an NFC team. Uh, you know what? I'll say. I'll say. I'll say the Giants. I'll say the Giants. I think if he goes to the Giants, they've got that receiver that they actually need. That number one go-to guy pairs it up with Waller, and then you get Saquon there to to be the run game. All of a sudden. There's really not a whole lot of pressure on Jones, you know. Just don't f it up. Yeah, I think the for me the easiest the easy answer if he hadn't if Purdy hadn't got hurt would have been the Forty ers but because they don't have a quarterback at this point, that's just a waste of time. So i I could see him being it would be like a ridiculous complement of wide receivers in Seattle, where it's like everyone does a little bit different thing. And all Gino has to do is get them the ball. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is a diff- those are four distinct skill sets. Yeah. Like, or if you want to just let Gino like, cook, that's yeah. It's that's like it's like, hey Russ, guess what? Suck it. <laughs> all right, everybody, that's going to do it for us tonight. We appreciate you joining us each and every week. Hopefully, we will have some news on DeAndre Hopkins as we get closer and closer to training camp. Hopefully, he will be in a Chiefs uniform. Until next time, you all stay safe out there, and we will talk to you next week.